0: OWC Radio number 40 with David Cohen. Tim Robertson, OWC Radio, the official podcast of MacSales.com, Otherworld Computing, of course. If you're looking for RAM, expanding your hard drives, pretty much everything that you want to do to your Mac, check it out at www.macsales.com. This is the second episode we have this week, and the reason for it is, of course, the Apple event that happened yesterday as we record this on September 1st, where Apple introduced brand new iPods, a brand new Apple TV, brand new iTunes, and joining me for the this show this, uh, this episode is David Cohen. David worked with me uh, on the MyMac podcast way back in the day, and he retired from that podcast at the beginning of 2010, right after the Mac World Expo. Uh, he hasn't really been uh, around lately in the Mac podcasting scene, so I'm happy to have him on this show for this cool event. Thanks a lot, David.
1: That's all right. It's my pleasure. It's good to get back in the saddle for a while.
0: Yes, I know exactly what you mean. When you don't do it for a while, you start getting that itch on your palm. You know, you want to That's get back wrong. in there. Yeah. yeah. On, other than working with David, of course, at uh, at the old show, David is actually a really good friend of mine. Now I say that a lot of times when I have guests on. Oh, he's a friend of mine. Here's here's a friend. This is someone who's an actual friend. So it's really nice to have you here, David.
1: Yeah, well, it's a pleasure. It's always good to uh, to reconnect with guys who uh, you know you enjoy spending time with and kind of geek out on all the latest stuff. So you asked
0: me right before we started recording, did I stick to my pledge from the last show, OWC thirty nine, about not following the event?
1: Well, I, I was very intrigued by that because I, I heard what you said on on your last show. Um, and and for me, because I'm in I'm in people you can probably hear from my accent. I'm I'm British. I'm in the UK. So the timing of the events is normally with six p.m. our our time, which is a difficult time for me to watch anything like live blogs or anything like that because I'm normally trying to get home from work and sort the kids out and have dinner and that sort of thing. So often for these events, I'm sat having dinner. <laughs> You know, child in one hand, laptop in the other, hit and refresh, look yes. at what's going on, you know. Uh, and uh, when you said what you said, I thought, oh, maybe that's a good idea. I'll just leave it till later in the evening and, uh, and then just kind of get everything in one go. So I was intrigued to know whether you, you stuck to that or whether you, were, whether you were tempted to go looking.
0: Well, I had every intention to sticking with that. And in some respects, I did. Uh, usually when these Apple events happen, I have, you know, three or four, sometimes five or six different websites open which i'm constantly refreshing to get the latest post to find out what's going on in the event but i didn't do that this year because for the first time in probably i'm going to say six or seven years apple actually broadcast in video over the internet an apple event i mean they haven't done that for a long time david
1: well like yeah i mean the problem is is anytime you do that you're opening yourself up for a fail because too many people will come in and uh, the thing will just clog clog up and stop working so i mean did did that happen or did it stay up
0: it stayed up the entire time not only did it stay up david the picture quality even on full screen on my computer screen was just brilliant i mean it looked like high def to me wow the audio quality was just it was perfect with headphones on I felt like I was actually in the event. I mean, it sounded great. And I've been in the audience for Steve Jobs' keynote a number of times now, uh, and I prefer to watch it on a computer at this point, to be honest. Yeah.
1: you know, Oh, you don't have to yeah. fight the crowd getting in, and, yeah, I don't want to do that. But does the reality distortion field come through via the network?
0: Uh, probably not as powerful, but that's no. probably a good thing if you're trying to stay objective like Absolutely. I like to do. You know. Yeah. It's real easy to – well, let me put it this way. When you're not in the crowd and you're watching it, when people applaud at things, it seems a little odd. Yeah. You know, it's it, this is journalists that are there from media outlets, not Apple employees. Yeah. And they're applauding stuff that Steve Jobs is showing on stage. It's like, wait a minute, are, as a journalist, aren't you supposed to be objective? Why are you applauding this? Yeah. So, and it comes, it it, it is odd when you see it on video. It doesn't feel as odd when you're there because you get caught up in the moment. Yeah,
1: it's kind of an atmosphere thing. And there's probably a hardcore of clappers who kind of put peer pressure on everyone else to clap when they start clapping. Yeah. Actually in the audience. So, you know, maybe it's just the the true dyed-in-the-wall Apple blogging fanboys who are the ones who who feel, you know, obliged to clap when... uh, you know, when when Steve announces something that everyone's been waiting for for a while, but um, I don't know. I I kind of know what you mean. It does it does often come across slightly strange when you when you see it, um, but it's it's almost become a uh, kind of a hallmark of that sort of event now that, that that's what happens.
0: I don't know if it's Steve Jobs' charisma, the so-called reality distortion field, or just the atmosphere when you're in there. But yeah, you you do get kind of swept up in it. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting there watching the iPhone being unveiled for the first time, and I, I was completely swapped away in it i mean i w- I, I was there they had me <laughs>
1: but but that to to you know to counterpoint that just a little bit I mean that really was uh, something that had never been seen before i mean a, a complete you know rewriting of the rulebook in terms of how phones were interfaced with and and how iPods works and that sort of thing this is. This yeah. is not that i certainly my impression for after reading up on it afterwards is this is not that this is not game changing by any stretch of the imagination. it's you know a,
0: no, it's evolutionary, not it's revolutionary. revolutionary
1: exactly, yeah. and uh, you know that I think they're doing the best they can with it's, it must be very, very difficult at this point to refine something like an iPod.
0: I would think so. <laughs> I mean, the iPod, the original one came out in two thousand and one, so we're coming up on the tenth anniversary of the iPod. And when you get right down to it, um, I think the big changes for the iPod happened with the iOS software when they made the iPod Touch. Yeah. Uh, One thing did jump out at me, Steve Jobs, when he was on stage, said that they're revamping the entire line. And it's the biggest change to the iPod line ever. But yet, it wasn't the entire line because the iPod Classic didn't change at all.
1: Yeah. and, And, of course at this point you start then thinking oh what what does this mean what what is it, what is the subtle message he's trying to bring across my my take on that is the message is, is that i don't think the classic is seen as a device that isn't part of the ipod line um it's just not the future of the line I, i'm sure at some point it's kind of a throwback
0: stop- at, 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 you know
1: yeah, and I mean, even the very the very name iPod Classic implies what it is. It does have an interesting. I, I I'd, I'd really love to know how many of those things they sell. Um, presumably they sell enough not to kill it off. Otherwise, why would they continue to make it? Absolutely. Uh, but having said that, you know it, it is particularly now the iPod Nano has has lost the click wheel. I mean, it really is. Um, it kind of sticks out as something very, very strange in the line. Um, and you do wonder how long it's, it's going to last. But but as I say, presumably some people are still buying it.
0: Well, you know, I have a fifth-generation iPod, classic, I guess you'd call it at this point, with the click wheel and all that color screen that uh, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, a company wanted to showcase upgrading your hard drive in it. So I actually put a 250-gig hard drive in mine. Which holds all my music easily. Yeah. yeah. Now my 32 gigabyte iPhone, on the other hand, cannot hold all my music. But yet, I still I I don't need all my music wherever I'm at, anytime I want to hear it. That it's I don't need you know I think that's maybe close to 200 gigabytes worth of music at this point, but I can never listen to it all at once. No. And if I tried no. to sit there and listen to it, it would probably take me a year. <laughs> the
1: see the thing for me about about a hard drive iPod. I mean, looking at my I've got a 32 gig iPhone 4 here. It's not it's not really uh, close to full, but it has it has my previous machine was 16 gig and it and it certainly has more than 16 gig on there now. What's taking the space up there is video. It's not music. Yep. To me, if you were going to have a um a hard a hard drive iPod that kind of still fits in the lineup to me it would be like an iPod Touch with a hard drive in it that's very much focused on video because that's the sort of content I actually find. Oh, or I wish I had all my video with me because then I could choose what I want to watch out the video. The music, you know, provided you've got a big enough selection on on your iPod and you're using playlists or Genius or or whatever you are, you know, you're going to hear a, a diverse range of music without hearing too much repeat. But for video. I often find, find myself sat in front of the, uh, of the iPhones going, okay, oh, I forgot to load on the piece of video I really feel like watching right now. Apple uh, would so. respond by saying, in that case, especially with music,
0: if, you're, if you have your iPhone and you think, oh, I really would like to hear that song, you can actually buy it right then. Unlike the classic, you don't have access to the iTunes Music Store you do on the iPod yeah. Touch, you do on the iPhone, on the iPad... You could just go buy that song right then if you want.
1: That's right. But, again, for video, maybe not. So, yeah, because the-
0: they don't have a whole lot of content. Let's start at okay. the end, David, and work our way back up. Okay. And we'll start at the Apple TV. Now, mm. Yeah. I think everyone was hoping for a new Apple TV. I don't know if this is the Apple TV everybody was hoping for. It's very small, compared to the original Apple TV. And I hope that it runs cooler because my personal Apple TV, I've got the 160-gig version, is hot. I mean, it gets
1: extremely,
0: extremely hot.
1: Yeah, I have both a 160 and a 40, and they both run very hot. And they also have this really irritating habit of turning themselves on all the time, Yep, (laughs) which doesn't really help the heat at all. Um, I've never had a failure with with either of them, but um, nevertheless, they are... um, they suck a lot of power. Yeah. And, uh, and they are
0: uh, conventional hard drive based. So yeah. being a mechanical part in there, that's eventually going to fail.
1: Ab- absolutely. Um, you know, definitely. And, um, you know, the thing sat on all the time and it's spinning all the time too. Whereas this new Apple TV has no storage at all.
0: No, well, it's, it's got to have a little something in there. It's probably a small. Yeah. F- because but it's, it's got to cache the files as it's, it's downloading yeah. the stream.
1: But it has nothing user accessible, nothing you can say, well, I'm going to store something on here and watch it later. It's, it's designed as a, effectively a streaming set-top box.
0: A little birdie has whispered into my ear last night, I can't say where this person works uh, or what he does at this company. I'll just say that he told me that the new Apple TV is indeed running the iOS, not a modified version oh. of the Mac OS like the original Apple TV. Okay. It looks the same, the, the user interface, Yeah, but it is the iOS.
1: That doesn't surprise me, because one of the questions that were asked yesterday was, will there be an upgrade to the existing Apple TV to make it function like the new one? And the answer was no. Exactly. Uh, and as soon as I heard that, I immediately thought to myself, well, that's probably because it's running on a different platform. Um, so so that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And the iOS takes a much smaller footprint than
0: the classic Mac yeah. does. Yeah. And... Like you said, there's really no user-accessible storage, so whatever storage is on there has to have a small operating system. And to be quite honest, for what the Apple TV does, it doesn't need even a modified version of the
1: macOS. It just doesn't need that much. Absolutely. Um, This is an interesting product, really, because what they've done is they've they've kind of... If, you, if you, everyone says, "Oh," and Steve Jobs said Apple TV was a hobby, and they even um, put that up on the screen again. Yeah, exactly. So, as a hobby, they kind of they had a go at it, uh, and they said yesterday said it's not been terribly successful. Um, I think those of us who have them really quite like them, but and I, he said that as well. Yeah, yeah. Those who um, have
0: the Apple TV love it. Yeah, and I agree. But
1: <laughs> I yeah, I have increasingly heard people say, you know, over the last six, or eight months, as as people have talked about possibilities for changing it, saying, "Oh, yeah, I really like it, but I don't use it as much as I used to." Um, so I, I think this is a this is a response and a refocus of that. They're obviously taking less, um, putting less in the device and putting more effectively up in the cloud because it's a streaming uh, a streaming device. It, it's kind of responsive to me i'd rather see them lead but maybe what they, the way they want to lead is now is by by leading from the itunes store side of things rather than actually with the hardware itself uh, it certainly has brought the cost down um which is is certainly going to help. 99 bucks yeah <laughs> except i have we have a big bone of contention here in the uk about the pricing because over here it's 99 pounds Wow, that's twice um, as much
0: as it is here. Well not quite twice it's as
1: not much. Not twice twice as much, but even when you factor in um value added tax, which is currently seventeen and a half percent, juice got to twenty percent, so that's the equivalent of sales tax. Even if you take that and import juice and everything off, it's still um considerably more expensive than the US version and everyone's kind of a little bit bemused by that really. Um they'll I, probably I could still agree. sell them. <laughs> I would understand that. I mean if if you know yeah, that's not right. Particularly as we don't have access, for instance, to Netflix because Netflix doesn't operate in the UK. So we have a <laughs> we're paying more for the device and we have uh, less content than you have.
0: Well, when uh, you look at what the new Apple TV is, now we we both have a uh, current Apple TV. Yeah. You've got two because you're special. <laughs> um, <laughs> the new Apple TV streams from your Mac. Well, the original one does that. And not only will it do that, you can actually sync content to it. So if your Wi Fi router's down, for instance, you still have content on your Apple TV. That's right, yeah. So in that respect, I think the old one wins.
1: Yeah, there were several products yesterday where I thought, you know what, the old ones are better than this. <laughs> And, and and this is definitely um in that regard, I, I would agree with you. The other thing of course is is because you're only streaming, okay, you can stream from your computer, but that makes it a lot harder to get your own content onto the device. Absolutely. Than than it uh with this new one than it did with the with the original one where you could you can transcode your stuff, get it on your computer and then sync it um one thing that one thing that i have done in the past is is if i'm going away somewhere is that is actually synced a whole load of content to the apple tv and then taking it with me absolutely Um, that's a great way of doing it yeah plugged it into a hotel room tv and you have um you know with the hdmi port and you have all the stuff there you need fully accessible with remote and and everything you want with or
0: without a wi-fi connection in the hotel because it's local content the new one you know, you know how Wi-Fi connections are in hotels. Good lord, they're horrible usually. Absolutely. Good luck so, using your Apple TV on the road. The new one.
1: the The difficulty is, is that there's no way they could have, I guess, brought the old one down to this sort of price point. So um, they had to kind of refocus it.
0: So um, you also have, with the new version, the ability to stream content from your iOS device, your iPhone, your iPod Touch, your iPad. Directly to the Apple TV. Now, the concept of that, David, honestly, is very appealing to me, yeah. but the execution seems flawed. In that, if I'm if my Apple TV is in my living room, I'm probably in the same house as my computer, right? Yeah. And if the content is on my iOS device, it probably been synced to my iTunes account on my computer. Mm. Why do I need to send anything from my <laughs> My iPhone, when the the Mac is sitting right there with the same content, I just wow. stream it
1: from that. Uh, as some The reason I have two Apple TVs is we have one upstairs in the bedroom. Um, and there is nothing more frustrating than to turn on the Apple TV, realize there's some content on there that's not synced to it, which you, is on your computer, and then you realize your computer has gone to sleep oh yeah so that could I think, be a problem i think that's that's for me that's the use case where that would appeal to me but then um, it that,
0: only works though if that content is currently on your iphone and one of the problems that we talked about earlier is we just don't have enough storage on the portable devices to put all your videos on so it's kind of a catch-22
1: yeah i, for, I mean it depends what kind of content you have for me i have different stuff on my Apple TVs than I have on my iPhone and my iPad. The iPhone and the iPad tends to be the stuff that I'm likely to watch in short bursts while I'm um kind of traveling. So I have a lot of sitcoms on there and uh video podcasts and that sort of thing. And those are precisely sort of things the sort of things where if you have uh you know half an hour, an hour and you're sat in front of a TV, you th- you sometimes think to yourself, oh, it'd be nice to be able to watch that now and, and get caught up or, or not fall behind. Um, but but having said that, the stuff that's synced to my Apple TV is, is the movies and the, and the longer TV shows that, that we tend to watch as a family. Um, so I want to have those available as well. So I could see a situation where I might be sat um, in the bedroom in the living room with my iPad with content on there that I'd like to watch. And at the moment, I have to actually watch it on the iPad, and there's no way for me to get that onto my Apple TV. Um, so that would fix that. Um, unfortunately, presumably, if they're not going to update the old Apple TVs, then I don't know whether the old Apple TVs will support this new AirPlay feature. I don't think it will, no, so, unfortunately. So. So, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to uh, to access that. This new Apple TV to me is kind of like a uh, Airport Express for video.
0: That's what I, I read. That yeah. I have a blog post on the Mac Sales blog page, and that's what someone kind of brought up on that page. That this is more of a extension of that device rather than an evolution of the original Apple TV. Yeah. I mean, other than Netflix and the ability to stream from an iOS device, David, this is a step backwards for the Apple TV.
1: But maybe that's what's required for adoption. Maybe the current device is just too complicated to, or too expensive to appeal to a mass market.
0: Or Apple never tried to market it to a mass market to begin with. Well. You remember that great uh, ITV commercial? Oh, wait. Yeah. No. Never mind. Yeah. They never had one. They there, ne- is, there is that. I, I, they never marketed this thing and they could have lowered the price let's be honest you know the markup on that thing's probably their their profit margin is probably 50% at least right they could have dropped the original down to say 199 and 179 something in that range put them in a bubble wrap and stick it on the the shelves at Walmart and Target and wherever yeah
1: it'll be interesting to see whether this changes things Uh, Whether, in fact, it becomes a success.
0: I don't see how it's going to be any more successful than the
1: original Apple TV. It's going to have to be properly marketed. I mean, that's certainly true. People need to understand what it is. Um, And uh, perhaps the, the combination of a cheap device together with cheaper TV show rentals, I don't know, maybe that's going to make the difference.
0: I wonder what happens to Season Pass. Because remember, you could buy a Season Pass for a television show... And the new episodes that are automatically downloaded for you. Well, if you're streaming, it can't be downloaded. But you could still do. It. maybe you could still do it on your Mac and just stream it from there?
1: Uh, I guess you could. Or uh, maybe the season pass will be updated so that um, the Apple TV recognizes the season pass and therefore will stream whichever episodes come up for, for that show. Hmm. Yeah, it, must, it must be because it's tied to your iTunes account. So maybe the, the back end can, can resolve that for the Apple TV.
0: I also wonder if the $0.99 cent television rentals will show up as $0.99 cents on the original Apple TV.
1: You'd imagine that they would do. I'm certainly hoping they do.
0: <laughs> well, it does streaming. I mean, you can go into the podcast section or YouTube section on the original Apple TV yeah. and watch content. Yeah, and that's, that's streaming. That's not
1: downloading. So so that, that, that would, I would imagine will work. Um, I don't know. We, I, until one of the frustrations sometimes of these sorts of events is when they pre-announce something that's not shipping is you, you can't really get the details on some of these questions and you can't, sometimes you hear, you hear some of the journos at the event talking to the Apple staff and you can kind of hear, you kind of hear them papering over the cracks where the, there are some things that they haven't actually fully been decided yet and yes. they kind of gloss over I think some of these questions will, will probably fall into that area so it will be interesting to see but you know what at least they've done something with it you may not kind of like as an existing Apple TV user you might not like the direction they're taking, but at least they're trying to take it somewhere rather than leaving it to wither on the vine, which is where it's been for uh, a little bit too long. Yeah, Yeah, almost five years. Two more questions
0: about the Apple TV, and then we'll move on to the iPod line. Do you think Apple is going to open up AirPlay to third-party developers? Now, I asked this, David, because currently, the way it looks like it's set up, I can take content from say i'm just going to use my ipad as an example yeah i've got videos on my ipad that were synced to my itunes account i could sync that or i could play that on my television right with the airplay but what about say i don't know hulu plus i i bring up hulu plus and now i want to watch that on my television as well not just on my ipad do you think Apple might open up AirPlay so I can pretty much send any video content from my iOS device to my television? Because then, then it's a game changer.
1: Yeah, I I have a feeling that it won't.
0: I, I have a feeling you're right.
1: I, th- I think that's when you... I was having a debate with somebody online recently about um, they were they were basically ragging on Apple because the iBooks application won't let you copy and paste text out of the books, and they were saying, "Oh, you know, Apple locking things down and all that sort of thing." And I said, "Well, Kindle doesn't do that. Um, Barnes and Noble's app doesn't do that. Uh, these are all not written by Apple. That is obviously something that publishers are imposing on Apple um, to stop people lifting content from one." Uh, locked area and moving it to another outside the publisher's control i think if apple were to allow airplay to do the same thing with video they would have the same problems in terms of the content providers would not be happy if you were able to kind of use it as a workaround to pick up content and present it on on your apple device where there's let's face it if you look at hulu for instance hulu are going to want to cut a financial deal with apple to get onto the apple tv uh, a deal where Apple pays them for it. Uh, So if Apple has a a way of taking Hulu content and getting it onto the Apple TV without that transaction happening, then I can't imagine Hulu being particularly thrilled with that. So I suspect that Apple will confine it to iTunes content only.
0: Other question. Do you think there's a possibility that Apple may license the Apple TV to flat panel makers around the world, Sony, Samsung, Philips. So you can have a sticker on the outside of the flat panel, Apple TV inside. Because where's the profit margin for Apple with the Apple TV? It's not in selling the $99 boxes, is it? I mean, their markup can't be so great that if they license this out, they would lose money. Instead of selling it on a store shelf at the Apple stores or Best Buy or wherever all of a sudden Apple's getting 25 bucks when that television sells or 10 bucks when that television sells because the Apple TV is built inside the circuitry of the yeah. TV.
1: I, I don't think, I think the margins on that are probably even thinner than providing their own device. I think they've been burned before by working with hard, hardware partners. If you look at what happened with the Motorola rocker, um, that was a case where they tried to integrate their stuff with a hardware, um, partner and they really didn't like the results. I don't see uh, and, and also we'd, we're talking about Steve Jobs here who is very much against the um, licensing of the Mac OS to, um, uh, the, and, and the Mac platform to third parties to allow them to build their own hardware using uh, using the Apple platform. I don't see them going for that really. I, I, I don't think there's, I think even there there's not a huge amount of money in it for them. I think they're seems to me they've tried the here's the premium device uh for for accessing itunes which is the old apple tv and that has failed for whatever reason or lack of marketing or whatever lack of commitment this is something different where they're saying let's offer content cheaply to users and the win for apple is that if you have an apple tv and you have an itunes account um, and you buy a lot of content, you rent a lot of content, you're going to be far more likely to buy one of their high-volume, high high-margin products like an iPad or an iPod. But and going think,
0: forward, don't you think that Apple's profitability is going to be we need to get more customers into our ecosystem, buying content from iTunes?
1: Ex- exactly. But I think, this is, I think the idea with the Apple TV now is it's a gateway into buying their other products.
0: But wouldn't it be just as equally a gateway? Because once you connect it to your television, the little black box, you never look at the black box again. Your entire interaction with the Apple TV is through your television screen. So whether it's a black box sitting next to it or it's actually built in, you're still getting the same customers using the software. Yeah,
1: I I think the only way that they would integrate Apple TV into a TV is if they were in a position – to take a Sony or a Panasonic or a um, a Samsung TV and say, we're going to write the entire user interface, not just the Apple TV part. Because otherwise, you're going to get a real disconnect between the somewhat pretty janky menu structures that most TVs have nowadays. Uh, and then you're going to move into the you know, much more stylish and, and thought-out Apple TV experience, and then back again. There's going to be kind of like a cognitive dissonance there that I don't think is going to sit well with Apple's aesthetic.
0: If you were Samsung and Apple came to you and said, or actually you go to Apple and say, we'd really like to put the Apple TV into our brand-new 42-inch television sets that's coming out next year. Yeah. And Apple says, you know what? It, it, the operating system that you have running on your TV is atrocious. Our system software for this really isn't designed to integrate well. We'll let you do it if we can write the operating system for that television. What's yep. the downside for Samsung? Oh, none. But <laughs> <laughs> I would I, I think Samsung you, would be like, oh, please do so. Um, we'll, we'll pay you big money to do that for but, us.
1: But, you know, um, I suspect the engineers who work within that division in Samsung are going to say, oh, hang on a minute, there's nothing wrong with what we do. We don't want them coming in, (laughs) taking over our division.
0: Yeah, but I don't think they would have any say or uh, voice in that conversation. I
1: think if somebody's brave enough to take that decision at the top of a TV manufacturer... Um, then then um it'll happen and and i hope somebody does because i think actually would be it would be good but it would have to be the entire interface not just
0: the apple tv portion i agree absolutely agree isn't is there any television set out there that has an os that's very elegant every single one i've ever used is clunky confusing it's almost it almost makes you not want to ever go in there and do anything and i understand the 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 idea behind that is, we don't want customers going in mucking up stuff. We just yeah. want the TV to work. When we ship it, it should work just fine.
1: But I think, yeah, I think the problem is that all of those things are done very cheaply are on very poor hardware. Um, you know, the the controllers that actually operate the menu systems of most TVs must be real cheap, nasty things, uh, and consequently, um, it doesn't look good. Probably the best ones I've ever seen are there's a, a set top box here in the UK that Sky. That sky have the uh the uh satellite ca- uh, satellite tv provider sure their um their interface is not bad um and uh, a couple of the a couple of the dig- digital i have a dvr that, that from humax that's also not too bad um but though it those also can have some wrinkles too but the actual tvs no, they're always been they always look like something from that 20 years ago let's talk about the ipods
0: yeah. um we'll start with the small one the Shuffle. You know, this is a backing up on Apple's part. I mean, they had gone from the stick of gum to the little square, well, more of a rectangle, with buttons yep. to no buttons at all, which I don't think actually sold very well. Everyone I knew that did, that had one um, tolerated it, but they didn't love it like they did the originals.
1: Well, yeah, I I have one, and, and I actually quite liked it. What kind of took the, gl- the slight gloss off it for me was the fact that the... um the builder quality of the controller on the headphones, which obviously was your only controller for the for the shuffle, um, wasn 't really up to scratch. They had a warranty recall on them and if you ever got them wet or sweaty or anything like that, they would often break yep and I think that 's the driver behind putting the buttons back on the shuffle is the is that prob that particular problem not conceptually um, uh, you know, and, and the and the, the the third generation shuffle with no buttons was still a fantastic workout, or uh, basically any time I was going anywhere where I was worried about uh, maybe having my MP3 player stolen or losing it, or, uh, or when I was doing anything rough or heavy, I always had the shuffle with me because effectively it was cheap enough that it you could almost treat it as a disposable device. Um, and and with the third gen I kind of like the fact that there were no controls on it which meant that if, if I banged up against something it it wasn't going to skip or the volume wasn't going to go up or anything yeah because that's um, not annoying at all when you hit
0: something <laughs> and, oh it goes to the next song and you're like yeah. I was just at the chorus where I was going to start singing myself yeah. um, But I,
1: I think the going back to our original point at the beginning of the podcast about how do you refine all these devices yes. I think what they've done is actually the only thing they could have done which is combine the previous generation's voice control with the um, the click wheel from the earlier shuffle uh, and and refer to that form factor. I have no idea what they're going to do next year because at this point, I mean, what else is left to do? Um, this screen. These, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Actually, then and, you get into the Nano, which exactly. is the next one they released. Yeah. I think the Nano is the biggest jump of all of the devices. I think it's brilliant. Uh, it does not run the iOS. I had someone ask. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like the iOS. It, it uses gestures, you know, swiping. Yeah. I like how you can rotate the screen. Um, I think the form factor, though, is just about perfect for a portable music player. To me, I like that much better than the shuffle. It co- it starts at, what, $150, $150? Yeah, $150, Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's perfect. To be quite honest, I think for just a music player, and it does pictures too, but for just a music player, um, I want a screen. I want to be able to go through my music and find what I want to hear and play it. Whereas with the shuffle, it's literally click 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 click. Yeah. Oh, yeah. went past it. Go back. Very eighties dual cassette deck technology.
1: <laughs> I think. I think. I think the the nano is very. It's. it's conceptually very clever because what they're doing is even though it's not running ios they're effectively building on the popularity of ios they've got a device here that's cheap this is the this is the ipod that if you have a nano if you have a touch or you have an iphone and your kids say oh i'd really like a touch on iphone you can give them this and they can be 90 percent happy because they can kind of feel they have a cheaper device that that works a little bit like like the touch um, and they can see a, pictures
0: on it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Certainly the interface and, and the way it presents the music and everything is going to be great. And a lot of people are going to dig it. For me, after I kind of got over the initial wow factor of it, I started thinking about it a little, a little more. It wasn't mentioned in the keynote, uh, in, in the presentation. But actually, I, I started looking around and saying, There's no, I'm looking through all this material here. There's no mention of video. And it, it doesn't play video.
0: And I would imagine it would. I mean, it is a square screen.
1: It's a square screen, and it's only three inches across, so it's actually smaller than the current, um, the the previous iPod Nano yep. screen. Um, however, I think the problem that Apple are going to face, and I, I kind of was talking to, uh, I was talking to Gasmas from the MyMac podcast on, on Twitch about this last night, is that if you look at the competition, which is uh I mean, the, the guys out in China and whatever, you've been turning out MP4 players that look like the Nano for about two, three years now with a three inch screen of some description on no touch interface, but kind of that sort of aesthetic. They all play video. And... <laughs> I think some people are going to – I think quite a lot of people are going to buy it and be then very surprised and somewhat disappointed when they get it home to realize that it doesn't play video. I can understand why Apple have taken that decision because, let's face it, video on a three-inch screen with letterboxing is going to look pretty horrible. Absolutely. But if it had been me – It comes with a monocle. (laughs) Yeah. If if it had been my decision, I might have been inclined to say, you know what, the video is going to be horrible. Um, let's put some health warnings on this, but you know what, let's keep the capability in there um, rather than actually just shut it off. Um, because, unfortunately, people looking at the previous Nano are going to say, oh, the previous Nano had a camera, shot video, this one doesn't. The previous Nano played video, this one doesn't. Why would I want this one over the old one? How much is the uh, new iPod Touch? Well, it's quite a jump, you see. It's uh, $229 for the gig. Yep. So it's it's... 70, 80, 80, 80,
0: yeah, $80 more, and that does everything the iPhone does other than make telephone calls, which technically isn't true because you could do, you could use Skype. Um, I think that for that premium price jump and for really what you're getting, a, a totally different machine, um, I think Apple probably made the right decision to leave video off the shuffle. If you want video, they have that solution, yeah, but it's not the three-inch screen. Yep. Yeah. And I don't think Apple even has to They don't have to upsell you on the touch anymore. If you're going into a store, you know if you're buying a touch or a Nano. I mean, there's no debate. There's no, I've got the money, let's go to the store and see which one's better. Yeah. If you have the money, you're going to buy the touch, no question. Right. But if you don't have that much money, you got a gift card from your grandmother on Christmas morning, and you've got $150, and mom and dad's going to pick up the sales tax. It's going to be the uh, the nano,
1: and and going back to, again to what we we're saying about where do they go next. What this does set them up to do is next year they have a widescreen version of this that does video, so they have a, a kind of a place to go. So from that perspective, uh, that may be the the attitude they're taking, which is well, that's next year's model. When the when the screens are cheaper and um, we can get better economies of scale on this type of design, that the video will come back.
0: Three years ago, I bought the original iPhone for $599. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And since that day, I've never bought an iPod. Yeah. My iPhone became my iPod. And uh, the the different generations they've had in that time of the iPods, none of them tempted me. I didn't look at any of them and thought, well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to get that because I thought I've got the iPhone and it's, it's a better iPod than those are already. Yeah i look at the nano now and i quite want one david
1: i'm i'm in i'm in a similar place really uh i haven't i not i have not the previous generation nano but the one before that so effectively the candy bar shaped yes. size one but without the camera um and the way i use that is that when i'm in the house and i'm listening to audio and podcasts and music and that sort of thing that's what i carry around with me and the places i tend to be i have a set of speakers i plug it into uh the shuffle as i say i tend to use if i'm out doing something strenuous uh and then every other time when i'm out and about i've got my uh i've got my iphone don't tend to use the iphone in the house so much just because that you get that um annoying noise uh, on speakers sometimes yeah. if they're not shielded from the from the uh the phone side so um that's kind of how i use it so this would be I mean, bear in mind, all my comments just about video. I don't watch video very often on my Nano because I have an iPhone. Um, And for me, for an audio-only device in the house, this attracts me because it's much easier to interact with this new Nano than it is with my car.
0: Yeah. Very small. And I was thinking, you know, it would be perfect to leave this in the car. Get a little piece of – at craft stores and stuff, you can get these little packages of – what do you call it? Uh, uh, Velcro. Velcro, right. yeah. Right. And they come in little round dots. Put one on the – because remember, the Nano has a clip on it now. Yeah. You put a piece on that and a piece on your dashboard, and it just clips right there. It's got a little color screen. I mean, it would be perfect.
1: The other thing that actually occurred to me I was looking at a video of this, uh, it has a very nice clock application. It, you yes. Could actually almost, you could wear it as a watch. Absolutely. You could have a, a wristband that it clips into, and then you have an MP3 player and, and watch on your wrist.
0: That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could, you could almost, I don't know if they do this in the UK, you go to sporting events, children's sporting events, and parents quite often will have like a button with their child's picture on it. Yeah. Yeah, you see that all the time, right? A little soccer player yeah. standing there and, oh, this is my son Johnny, he's out here playing. Um, they used to do that way back in the day because I found one that my wife had when she was in band. And I yep. wore it one day to a family event. <laughs> Everybody yeah. was stopping and like, wait, that's Julie in high school, my wife. Um, yeah. I could see this doing that too because you just put your, your, the picture of your son, your daughter, whatever, right there on your, on your jacket, on your blouse, on your shirt, whatever you have on. Yeah.
1: And it's just but a picture. There is no doubt whatsoever they are going to sell an absolute ton of these because it does appeal – it's, it is going to appeal across a very broad segment of the market. I mean, another very popular gift nowadays is these little um, LCD photo frames, kind of keychain style ones. You can put yep. some photos on. Well, if you're if, you, if you're a, a, a you know a grandparent or a mother and you want some pictures of your of your family and that sort of thing that you like to show people, and you also occasionally like to listen to music, then this is the perfect device for you because you can have all your photos on there. Um, and actually be able to show them to, some, uh, to somebody on, on a very high-quality screen. It's certainly a very good-quality screen compared to, uh, you know, a cheap $20 um, keychain photo uh, yeah, frame.
0: 16 levels of color.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: so, it holds three pictures. So, Imagine so a w- device, David, it's a little circle that's nothing but a speaker and a charging station. You plug your the new Nano into that. Of course, remember you can rotate the screen. So if it's upside yeah. down, you rotate it right side up. Uh, that cost I don't know seventy nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, get that and the Nano for your grandparents. It plays music when they want it to. It displays the pictures. Uh, you could go over and pick it up and load it with new pictures occasionally if you wanted to. I think that would be a really neat. I, my parents are not into technology at all. They don't even have an internet connection in their house. Yeah. I think this would be something I might be interested in getting them loaded up with pictures of the grandkids and give that to them. Of course, they're going to need Absolutely. to charge it. And that's why I was thinking a little speaker system mm-hmm. would be awesome because then I could, my mom, for instance, loves the Beatles. Well, I yeah. could load it up with all my Beatles songs on there.
1: And and here here of course then comes the next question which is has Apple fiddled with the dock connector again on these new models. Let's <laughs> I mean, hope not. Probably they, they don't don't work with any of the charging solutions already there. Probably, unfortunately.
0: Uh Apple can't seem to leave well enough alone. Yeah. Yeah, but so iTunes 10 was probably the one thing that everybody got. Everybody who watched that event yesterday Probably within the next 48 to 72 hours are going to be downloading iTunes 10. I did last night.
1: Yeah, Twitter was awash with people waiting for it to appear on Apple's service. Well, the funny thing was
0: (laughs) I I had written a tweet post saying I thought iTunes 10 was coming out today. Because just five seconds ago I had gone to Apple's iTunes download page and it still said coming soon. And I was about to tweet it when somebody else has showed up that says iTunes 10 is live. And I thought, no, it's not. I just checked. So I went back, hit refresh, and there it was. There it was, yeah. It it, it went live for me in that short a time span. So I deleted the tweet I was about to write.
1: It said iTunes was live. It was was up for me this morning um, before I came to work, so I I updated it. Um, So I didn't have an awful lot of time to kind of fool around with it.
0: I have to be honest, David. The biggest thing that I see, other than ping, and we'll get into that in a second, is it seems much more responsive
1: yeah, I certainly noticed that. And another thing that I saw it do that was, was kind of quite imp- – quietly impressed me is that um, obviously every time you update iTunes uh, to a new version, it, it tends to rebuild your library. Yep. Um, and normally it rebuilds your library and you think, okay, whatever it's doing. But you, you see no visibility of that. I refreshed my library. Uh, I, it updated my library. And then it went to my podcast directory because uh, I always sync every morning before I uh, I get into the car, start listening to stuff on the way into work. And it has picked up a whole load of... I don't know if you've ever noticed this. You ever go through the actual directories where iTunes stores everything. But every now and again you delete something and it doesn't actually delete it from the computer. Yeah. It disappears from the XML file and it disappears from iTunes itself. But it leaves the file kind of like as an orphan behind. And then, you know, if you ever go clearing up you'll find podcasts from about six months ago or uh, music tracks you thought you deleted or albums that you've updated or something kind of floating around your iTunes library. It, it went through my library and... It, every place where where those were there, all of a sudden they reappeared in the iChoose list uh, and I was able to delete them. And then I, I checked back to the directory and I actually got rid of them properly. So it looks like they've actually done some optimization of the management code for the library underneath there, which uh, would probably go along with the imp- performance improvements. So it sounds like some much-needed love has been brought to the engine. Well, um, with version 10, I
0: think that's kind of a milestone. Yeah. And I think this was... <laughs> I've been waiting for this to... I've talked about, you know... Does iTunes need to change for quite a while? And it wasn't that the interface, I think, needs to change so much as the code base. It was just getting slow and buggy, and I wasn't enjoying using iTunes. But with the integration of this new social networking site they have,
1: Ping, you can't have a piece of software that's that buggy. No. No, it has. It certainly has needed some work for a while. For the last couple of versions, it's been very crashy for me, um, particularly if you had uh, external drives hooked up to your computer as well. Uh, I had a few problems with that for a while, and um, I ended up having to rebuild my library about eight or nine times before I Always resolved fun. a particular USB problem, yeah. So definitely, I'm slightly disappointed with the um, aesthetic choices they've made with this new version.
0: They keep going against their own guides. Now the uh, minimize buttons and the close window buttons are on
1: the and left vertical, side, but yeah. on the side, yeah, on the vertical, yeah. Well, which is the only application on on the Mac that does that
0: now. I understand why they did that because it actually gives you more screen real estate this way.
1: Yeah, but but, but it's yeah. yeah. It's all, the, up, the that I could kind of live with um, as you say, there's, at least there's a justifiable reason for it, my problem is that there's an awful lot of grey on grey in this or light blue on grey and I just don't think it's particularly visible I agree uh, particularly on a high res screen where it, the resolution means it can be quite small I found myself, even just within using it in the first few minutes this morning, kind of peering at my screen saying, what What does that say, what does that look like um, and I, for, for a company that supposedly prides itself on aesthetics and usability that is a um, disappointing choice i think so well,
0: apple is very inconsistent on their user interface and they have been really since os10 yeah. was released back in 2001 yeah,
1: I, I did find i was thinking about this as i was driving to work this morning and i found myself amusing i wish sometimes some of the uh, the johnny ive laser design focus was applied to the um software design as much as it was the hardware absolutely yeah, that, that would make so. a lot of sense. It just doesn't seem that Apple's putting a whole
0: lot of time and effort into the Mac at this point, either the software or the
1: hardware. I, I don't know whether that's. You know, it's, it's so hard from outside to actually determine that. For all we know, it could be a, a punch of fifty people working really hard. But I, I just, I, for whatever reason, they just, for me, they don't seem to be hitting the mark. And, and I, I sort of, I put a rider on that in that. You know, again, I was just thinking about this after I'd seen it this morning. Thinking, well, maybe it's just because it's different, and uh, you know, it's a resistance change that causes that reaction in people. I don't know, um, but but certainly, first impressions didn't kind of blow me away in terms of the way it looks now. I do hope that um, the performance improvements are there, and, and and that actually, as I use it over time, I'll become a bit more accommodated to it. But I'm a, I'm a little bit on the fence at the moment.
0: The next thing I want to talk about, David, is ping. Uh, I signed up for it last night. I turned it on, and I made it so anybody could follow me. So if anybody listened to this, if you want to be friends with me on Ping, um, just let me know. I put a a, a tweet out with my direct line. But if you just do a search for Tim Robertson, you're bound to find me. I'm the goofy guy with the goofy smile, so you'll see me. Um, Is this something that's interesting to you, David? I mean, because personally, I don't have time for a whole new social network to – get involved with and, and contribute to or anything like that. I just don't I have think, time.
1: I think that's the weak spot for me. I, I kind of pick and choose my uh, my social networking activity. Even my Twitter activity has gone down quite a lot mm-hmm. uh, in the last few months. And um, because this effectively sits completely in isolation, it's difficult to kind of get too enthusiastic about it. However, I think there are going to be you know huge numbers of people who are going to get People who are really into music, this is going to be fantastic for them. Yep. Um, because the opportunity to kind of share and, I mean, it's, it's the whole social aspect of music. Music is very social. And being able to discover new things because you get to see what, what your friends listen to. That's, and, how, I, and that's how we buy. used to
0: do it, David. Remember back yeah, exactly. in you know, we're both children in the 80s. You know, we came of age then. And you remember the mixtapes. Yeah. You know, I discovered so many groups that I loved at the time um, that I never would have known about without mixtapes. Someone giving me yeah. this is uh, here's a cool mixtape. Listen to it. Who is the third group? That's really good. Oh, that's King diamond who? Oh, that's how you learn about new music. Wasn't yeah. it so much the radio for me. Cause I, in some respects I detested the radio back then. Yeah. It was always pop and I wanted to hear everything else or it was stuff that I was into six months before it ever hit the radio. Mm. um you remember rock me amadeus yeah i was listening to that the winter before it hit the radio so when it finally came on the radio all my friends were like wow that tim had that a long time ago and he put it on mixtapes for us a long time ago that's stupid yeah um so that's how i found out about music mixtapes and my friends saying go check out the new van halen album it rocks or warning me not you know oh don't get the new white snake it's horrible yeah I haven't had that in my
1: life in a long time, David, and I love music. I really, really do. That's right. So I, I think this is going to be big. I, the concern I have over it is that it's another social network. Um, it, has all the, it will have all the problems that you have with social networks in terms of controlling who people are speaking to and what they're saying. And, That's really simple, uh, though,
0: David. There's three settings, basically,
1: for privacy. Don't let anybody see it.
0: Uh, share all your information, or only share it with a select group of people?
1: Yeah, but uh, the the kind of the scenario I'm getting to is: what do you do if you have a, a family computer running iTunes? <laughs>
0: Were you <laughs> reading then, my twits last night? <laughs> no, I wasn't. But uh, this is this is this
1: is this is my own concern over it. You have a family computer, you know, using iTunes, and then your kids use it. Uh uh-huh. So what's the how concern? You, how, well, how do you, how do you make sure that that they're not linking up with people you're not too happy about? I mean that lady Gaga, she's she's very strange she's not really somebody you necessarily want your kids interacting with certainly some of the you know some of the artists might be quite uh family inappropriate and and how do you kind of control that
0: well I think that's if, a question not just directed at ping and iTunes but pretty much all children's internet activity
1: that's true but the problem with ping is it is where is. Whereas Facebook and Twitter and everything, is, is, it's, it's the web and it's independent of anything else going on the computer. This is built into iTunes. There are, there are parts of iTunes you might want your kids to use and other parts you don't. And I'm, I'm interested to find out with Ping exactly where the dividing line is and how much control you have over all that. My only concern,
0: and it even really wasn't a concern because somebody was asking me. Uh, they were looking because I turned it on and someone came back and said, Pink? Really, Tim? And that was because one of my kids bought a pink song, yeah. And uh, you know, because theirs is linked to mine, so I can kind of see that people that are following me, you might not only get my recommendations or stuff that yeah. I'm buying. My two sixteen-year-old daughters are getting stuff too. Uh,
1: occasionally, my seven-year-old daughter wants to get a song. So that's right. And it would be like, you know, all of a sudden people will know that you're a fair bear in the big blue house. That's right.
0: And, you know, I, at first I thought, I don't want people to get. I'm listening to this. But then I thought, you know what? I'm a father. Yes, I'm a public figure. But first and foremost, I'm a father. And I don't care if people know that my kids bought, you know, the new pink song. I don't care. Um, So I'm going to just kind of let that go and and tell people straight out if you – Follow me on Ping, you might see a couple of tunes that I don't buy. Mm. But for me, it's more about the ability for me to find music. I want to follow people on Ping who are using it much more actively than I am just to see what they're listening to, what they're reviewing, what they're buying, because maybe it will help me find new music or music that I already like, like, I don't know, a group like Tesla, that I had no yeah. idea they had a new album come out. But yet yeah. one of my friends just bought their new album, and all of a sudden they're getting my money too because I go, oh, I didn't realize Tesla had a new album. Boom, I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I think in that regard, it's very, very smart, very intelligent. Uh, but it's one of the social networking sites that I think most people aren't going to directly do anything with, but it's, all, it's automatically going to do that, David, anytime you buy something. The question yeah. is how long before they integrate apps in. And movies and TV shows mm. and all the content that you can buy on the iTunes store
1: I guess that that 's going to depend on how popular it becomes if people don 't really use it if it remains kind of a just some ispace clone then with the same level of popularity then I guess they won't but if if people kind of really get into it then um, then they will is Apple missing the boat by only
0: concentrating on music at this point
1: well I, I think they need to scale these things they' let 's face it if you look at how mobile me 's been been Over the last couple of years, <laughs> they've they've been burnt a couple of times by underestimating demand and not being able to scale quick enough. So I don't I don't think there's a necessarily it's a bad thing to take a a gently approach to it. I agree, I agree. It, but I do have it turned on. Um, are you going to turn yours on? Uh, I will now that I know you're on there. There you go.
0: <laughs> and of course, you know anybody can turn it on, and you can set different privacy. And if you find someone that doesn't allow you to follow them, um. It will send a request saying, hey, so-and-so wants to follow you. And it's up to you to allow that person to follow or not. At this point, I think I've got – I think I'm following and being followed by 24 different people. And I don't want to have the number of people on ping following me and following them like I do on Twitter where it's thousands of people. I, I want to keep it a little bit manageable on ping as far as who I'm following.
1: Yeah, I think what I'm going to do is set up a separate computer with a a separate iTunes account that's that sh- has all my cool music in, uh, and then and then all my uh, all my Elton John and Scissor Sisters songs will be in yeah. a private computer that's not not enabled for
0: ping. That's right. Wow, well, look, David just bought the new Depeche Mode album and. <laughs> <laughs> He's really into you, too, Wow, look at that, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Ooh, look, he even bought that very obscure dead Kennedys song. <laughs> David is just cool. Oh boy, I don't know. I think that for the most part, everything that Apple talked about yesterday was pretty positive. Um, Hi. I do like the fact that they're finally saying something about the Android market share that you know that Google's trying to say, well, this many people every month are signing up um we're the the biggest now and well yeah but apple was never counting ipod touch sales in there and they weren't putting I, ipod sales in there which is also the ios
1: and, and ultimately i think the what, what a lot of people don't get is that apple actually isn't interested in being the uh, bigger than everyone else yes they like, are in particular I, I don't know i don't think they are. Yes. I don't think, they want think to about steve
0: jobs's keynotes from the last five years One of the first things he always shows is a pie chart where they are compared to everybody else. Now, that's the kind of information that you show at the stockholders meeting, but you don't show that on stage at the Macworld Expo, and you don't show it at the Apple media events unless you're very interested and this is important data to you. I think you're wrong. I think Apple is very aware of being the market leader, promoting that fact and getting the best deals they can with other content providers because of their lead in these markets. Right. I think that's what it... What business doesn't Uh, care about being the best, being number one? Well,
1: no, I think there's... Well, that's kind of the differentiation come to. I think they care about being the best. I don't think they necessarily care about being the overall biggest in any particular segment.
0: Yeah, I I think they do. I, I think that's a... I think they started caring when... Let's be honest. Apple had no idea, no idea what the iPad or the, the iPod was going to do for them. That Not was a gamble. It. There was other MP3 players out there. It was released as a Mac-only product with a very premium price. Yeah. They had no idea that by 2010 they'll have sold more iPods than they ever sold Macintosh or Apple II computers combined. Yeah. Um, I think when that happened – I think a lot of the mentality of Apple changed as well. Being number one and being the biggest player really started becoming important to them. Because let's be honest, they had been playing second fiddle to Microsoft and before that IBM for a very long time. Yeah. When Apple was at their peak in the late 70s, early 80s, and they were the biggest computer personal computer maker out there, they touted that fact, but they couldn't do that for a very long time until the iPod success happened. Right. I think it's very important to them. I think it's very important to Steve Jobs. I don't think he wants to play second fiddle in market share. I, think, I don't think that's true with the Mac because they know that they're never going to get there, so they've kind of pushed that to the side for now. But for the new emerging technology markets that they're into, the portable devices, they're number one. They, even they, even they, when they say they are and they're not like the gaming thing, yeah, yeah. Well, they said they're, they're it's the the number one gaming platform now.
1: They yeah they they said they outsold the uh, PSP and Nintendo combined. Yeah, didn't Yeah, they? and
0: they didn't not even close. They're off by about seventy million units to even come close. Now, if he meant they sold more software games for mobile gaming, yes, that's true. But they did not sell more hardware. Than Nintendo alone. Nintendo's doubled their numbers with the DS.
1: Well, like, I guess software was kind of where he was coming but from. But that's
0: not what he said. No. No. So I think being number one, being the leader in these markets is very, very important to Apple. Um, not just from a perception market or mindset, but from dealing with uh, vendors. We need to buy these yeah. RAM chips. We're the biggest. We're selling more than anybody,
1: thus we get a bigger discount. I, I I can see I can see the argument there. Yeah.
0: I think I but I think you were right for a long time. I don't think Apple really cared about being number one. They were they wanted to be the best.
1: I, I well, that, to me that I think that's still their yep their their mindset and their ethos, and I, and I think as long as they can across their portfolio have general success for the company to keep the company out of the very bad situation they got themselves into in the 90s I think they're comfortable with that I don't think they're necessarily what they they may want to be the best and they may want to be even the biggest but I don't think they necessarily want to destroy everybody else which I think is a difference
0: I agree I don't think Apple is, is interested at all in running anybody out of
1: business no, whereas I think there are plenty of other tech companies who would much rather, not only do they want to succeed, if they could do it at, at, at very much at the expense of their competitors, that all the better.
0: Yep, I agree. Yeah. And i got to be honest here, it seems like Google is kind of falling into being the new Microsoft, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think they really have difficulty about starting out saying we're not going to be evil. Yeah, um, you set yourself <laughs> everyone- up. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's going to judge you by those, by those standards. And yeah. clearly the, the people who said that aren't the people who are calling all the shots at that company anymore.
0: No, or it even <laughs> are there anymore, really. Um, yeah. We're a little long in the tooth, David, but I would be remiss if the last few guests I haven't done this with, because they were real focused shows and um, I didn't want to go over. But you know what? We're over an hour already, so I'm not going to let you get out of here until we do a this or that. Okay, you ready? For yeah. those who do, who are new to the OWC Radio, this or that is um, just just what it sounds like. It's Coke or Pepsi. It's no wrong answers. It's just. Um, and I know we didn't talk about the iPod Touch, but it's it's just the iPhone. <laughs> it's got a camera front. And I, back. It, pro- it, pro-
1: it probably it probably deserves its whole its whole own separate discussion. You think so? I don't. I don't. I don't no? see the big. Well,
0: everybody knows what it is. It, there's nothing surprising about the, the iPod Touch that we didn't already know was going to happen. Retina display,
1: um, I, what else? It's well, the, thinner? The front, front and back cameras, FaceTime. Hold on, hold on, I have to yawn. <gasps>
0: okay, sorry. Um, it, it, there was no big surprise there. Everything that they did with the iPod Touch was completely expected. Right. He didn't Fair even enough. he didn't even do a demo of it. He didn't even pull no. it out and put it on the screen and here, let me show how it works. He didn't do that. He just said, "Oh yeah, you know, see here it is." Comparison.
1: Were, were you surprised that um, the uh, iOS updates that the, that were talked about are still kind of lagging a little bit? I think everyone was expecting a new iOS yesterday. Well, it's going it to be here next week. Was, well, yeah, but not for the iPad until well, November. they told
0: you that though. When when the the big announcement for the ipad hit they
1: said it they said it would be in the fall but i mean to me november is kind of getting a bit wintry (laughs)
0: yeah i agree but technically they're still correct Um, i suppose so i suppose so you know what david i have so much fun with my ipad currently that i don't care what they do with it in the future, I, I'm just enjoying using it as it is right now.
1: Oh yeah, I, I don't find it wanting. I, I, some of the stuff I've done with it recently just amazes me. Uh, I did, I, I was doing some documentation a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I did a whole load of diagrams using a program called TouchDraw on the on the iPad. I did them in front of a TV one evening, and these these were things that would take me about four or five hours to do in Visio on a PC. Uh, and we normally have to do them in Visio because they're going into Word documents. Sure. and and I did them using uh, this this touch drawing application and it you know what it despite the fact it costs about um about two dollars it does <laughs> it does ninety percent of what Visio does in such a such a better way than Visio does it and I could do it you know at my own leisure without having to, you know, waste half a day in the office in front of a computer doing it. It was absolutely amazing. And um I, yeah I, was- I think the iPad is bigger than most people think
0: yet. Yeah. I think the iPad's the greatest thing Apple's done since the Macintosh. I think yeah. it's more impressive than the iPhone. And I Not love much. the iPhone. Don't get me wrong. I love the yeah. iPhone. The iPad is at a totally different level.
1: What what summed it up for me is that... Um uh, I got a, I got given a, a PC a PC laptop from work recently. Uh, we're, we're changing out our laptops. So I took the old one home and I gave it to my wife as a kind of a browse-round-the-house type of machine, something she'd been after for a while. And she couldn't really get on with piece, with the Windows. So I said, you know what, okay, fine, we'll sort it out. So I bought her a, a, a second-hand MacBook. <laughs> and I gave it to her. And don't get me wrong, she's really pleased with it. But I can kind of tell she was hoping I was going to get an iPad instead. <laughs> and I'm thinking... Well, yeah, it's, uh, to me, that kind of sums up how good the iPad is. Absolutely. That you, give, you give somebody uh, a Mac laptop, and they're thinking, thanks very much, that's really great, I really appreciate it, but an iPad would have been better. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I, I think that says volumes, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw a funny cartoon where uh, uh, where the tech crowd is, people like us, and it shows them buying a new computer, and, oh, it's this much money. And the guy's like, great, that's fantastic. And here's a new ipad it's uh 549 great i'll take two of them it's fantastic yeah and then it shows them buying an app yeah and it's 99 cents or 299
1: 299 oh that's ooh, a good price ooh, I, have I have to think, to think about, about that
0: oh <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely. i love that one i think i found that on daring fireball yeah um,
1: I, saw, I saw that one too it was good it was a good one so
0: this or that david there's okay. no wrong answer it's just your opinion i'm gonna give you a choice of two different things Occasionally, three, but I think I'm gonna to stick to uh, two. There'll okay. be four technology related questions, and then one non tech okay, so we'll start
1: here software or hardware um I would say software your software guy yeah, because hardware is hardware's cool, and um I like new hardware, don't get me wrong, but software there's I don't think there's much more pleasure than. Having a piece of software and then it gets updated and it all of a sudden it does new cool things it didn't do before. Mm-hmm. To me, that is that is more exciting than getting a new piece of hardware, um, which might do the same thing that will probably cost you a lot more money. Well, you know, when people think of the iPad, they think of the physical device, but really, it's the software, isn't it? Software is what it is, and and that that application I just mentioned, TouchDraw, um, which I would really highly recommend anybody who ever ever has to draw a diagram. They've updated it two or three times since I bought it and each update has brought in masses of new features and each one has been... Th- you, you, you play with the new feature, you think, that's really good, that's really helpful, that's going to fix a thing that I didn't like before. And all of that is coming out, um, you know, so it's like you're frequently getting something new. Um, to me, that's that's the exciting thing about software and it's not a it's not a cost thing because I would quite happily go out and pay for new bits of software if they gave me extra functionality. But the fact that you can... Sit down and intellectually write new features into something without physically changing it. To me, is amazing. And you can make hardware better over time with just software yeah, updates. Get more out of the hardware by uh, by improved code. Yeah. Shareware or freeware. I think shareware. Yeah. Um, I, I love it when people do quality software for free, um, but I I like being able to. Pay something for something that I recognize as being quality, and Shareware is the opportunity to do that. SimCity or Quake? Quake. Oh, there was no question yeah, there. Absolutely. I love first person shooters. Um, most of the games I play are first person shooters. I never really got into SimCity at all. Um, I have I tried, tried to play, a few times, but yeah, it seems like it, a it, commitment. Uh, I, I, for me, it's too much like work. <laughs> 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 I, you know, I, I, when I'm playing a game I, I particularly as I've gotten older and, and more intellectually challenged I think as the brain cells start to die away I like to play a game to kind of turn off um, large portions of what I'm thinking about and be able to concentrate on particular tasks so uh, a, a game like quake where it's it's very much um there is there are there is sometimes depending on the type of first person shoot you playing, some sort of strategy or um kind of a game plan but um the kind of management involved with running a city to me is is too much like work <laughs> so definitely quake <laughs> yeah. uh last technology question google or yahoo google i'm afraid to say yeah. uh, Bearing in mind what we're saying about about you know how they are nowadays but I I just haven't really I used um Flickr, which is a, a obviously a Yahoo property. Um but I just haven't used really Yahoo for anything for an awful long time apart from that. Um whereas I use Google stuff all the time. And um Seems like Google's buying
0: a lot of their innovation rather than developing themselves lately.
1: Yeah, that I I mean as 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 we were saying before, I think they there's definitely been a shift in their approach to how they do things compared to how things used to be. Um, but I still find, maybe again, it's familiarity, but I still find if I'm searching for something, it's I, get, I, I know how to get the best results out of Google search than I do out of, say, Bing or something else. Um, and certainly Yahoo search, I haven't looked at it for a long time. That's, that's also now Bing uh, underneath, I think. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, Google Mail, all my mail goes through Google Mail, um, I don't use a, a whole load of their other services, except for Google Reader. I'm a big big user of Google Reader as well. So um, they, I think at least with Google now, hopefully people are understanding, they know what they're getting themselves into when you get into bed with Google. Um, you know that they're mining everything you do for data and they're probably selling that to people or, or planning to sell it at some point in the future. I think you need to keep that in mind, but as a technology company i still think a lot of what they do is is, is good technology
0: as someone that's listened to the show since day one david um you've heard me ask other guests over the many months so far of owc radio the same question and you've probably had an answer every time you hear it
1: star wars or star trek i am a star trek man yeah uh, i'm i'm do i did do like star wars movies but uh i have always been for since i was about six or seven years old a very big fan of star trek i, mean, I used to sit down with my dad and watch the original uh, series when it was on tv over here um back then i didn't really understand an awful lot was going on but <laughs> it was cool <laughs> nonetheless it was it was cool you could kind of identify, even though you didn't understand the nuances of the plot you know you could kind of see that there were the three guys and they were the guys and you know you kind of knew what you were getting with that and they were tooling around the universe in a big ship and uh that that was it you know i've always been into massively into star trek and uh yeah, I was uh, I was definitely in heaven when the next generation and all the yeah, kind of and a, a
0: British guy on. is the is the captain.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know that was the, the the peculiar thing about it is he's this very British Royal Shakespeare trained actor and he's playing a Frenchman. Yeah, that was kind of difficult to cope. I got a bit particularly when I heard heard stuff about the series before I actually saw it, and I'm thinking, I oh, got a French guy on on the bridge of the Enterprise. That's not right. Brit- the british and the french have a have a difficult relationship
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> that goes back uh, quite a while
1: it does it's, I, it's mainly results around the fact that that we look across each other from a, a body of water and spent a lot of time shooting each other over the years yes absolutely
0: <laughs> so david cohen you're a, a real good friend of mine i appreciate you coming on owc radio and and chatting with uh, me about all the new apple gear Um, for those listening again this was the second episode this one week we won't do that again for a while make sure you go visit www.maxsales.com they're the company that makes all of this possible without them OWC radio doesn't exist and you don't get to hear uh, David's uh, incredibly sharp wit when it comes to why Star Trek is better than Star Wars (laughs) (laughs) David I'll see you again real soon I hope I look forward to it and I'll be back in one week with another OWC radio